You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, where we post all of our shows, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. You can tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Packers, Alexa, play Locked on Packers, okay, Google, play Locked on Packers, we are everywhere, and if you want to hit us up, on the Locked On Packers fan hotline. You can do that, 920-341-3775. It's our Monday show here, and the offseason rolls on for the Green Bay Packers. It also starts for the Chicago Bears, who have won as many playoff games in the 2018-2019 season as the Green Bay Packers. And that's just an objective fact. I, I don't know what else to tell you, but that's just a thing that happened and I think makes a lot of Packer fans happy. And especially to lose the way that they did with Cody Parkey's kick bouncing off the uprights, not once, but twice. A double doink. And the Bears, who really needed to make this run, and I don't want to make this whole show about the Bears, but given a team that led the league in defensive touchdowns by a mile, who led the league in first downs by opponent penalty, and this is a team that has spent a lot of money going all in in this Mitch Trubisky contract, rookie contract, a few seasons. They're paying Khalil Mack a huge amount of money. Can they pay to have Bryce Callahan and Adrian Amos uh, in the offseason? We'll see. And and this was their moment when the NFC was wide open to go try and make a run, to go zig when everyone else was zagging, to play tough defense, suffocate opponents, and try and, and sneak into the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship game, and they couldn't do that. So I'm, I'm sure more than one of you has taken a lot of pleasure in, in watching what has unfolded there. Today on the show, we are going to uh, deal with more of the coaching news. The carousel continues to turn. Green Bay met with uh, all of their scheduled candidates over the weekend. Josh McDaniels, Brian Flores, um, Carmichael, Campbell, LaFleur, and then added Todd Monken, who we're going to get to in a little bit. Uh, we're also going to discuss some comments that Pat McAfee, the former Colts punter who who did the color analysis on the Packers-Lions game, he had a podcast and and talked in in really startling terms about um, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and and how impressed he was with Rodgers and and I think broke some news about the nature of the knee injury Aaron Rodgers had, how bad they thought it was, and and what Rodgers told him about what Green Bay needs to do with their coaching search. So we're going to get to all of that a little bit later on, but let's start here with Rob Domofsky's report on Sunday that the Packers are going to decide today, that's Monday, about second rounds of interviews. They're going to, they're, they've come home, they're going to reconvene, and after meeting with all of these candidates, it seems like this is their group. They're not going to add anyone as, as impressive as Chris Richard was over the weekend, as impressive as Matt Aberfluss was over the weekend. 
those guys are not going to get an opportunity to, to interview for this head coaching job. And and that I think that fits with the kind of coaches Green Bay was looking at. Um, mostly offensive-minded, or if not, then proven defensive culture coaches. Uh, and we talked a little bit about that last week. Uh, but what Domovsky also said was that Josh McDaniels was going to be among, if not the, front-running candidate to get one of those second interviews. And that's just more reporting that comes out that suggests he is not only um, the lead candidate, but the lead candidate by a considerable margin. And speaking of, of McDaniels and, and Matt Eberflus, I mentioned this last week, but it was borne out again on Saturday when, when we saw what the Colts' defense was able to do against Houston, playing what is really a, a, a not a new defense. I mean, they played Tampa too, and Deshaun Watson struggled all game. De- DeAndre Hopkins couldn't do anything with, uh, you know, a, a st- basically a street corner. I mean, Pierre Desir was a former draft pick by the Browns, but had been on, this was his third team, I believe, since entering the league just a few years ago. Couldn't find a home. Well, he has a home in Indianapolis. And the job that Matt has done is truly remarkable. Well, that guy is getting head coaching interviews this week. That was Josh McDaniel's pick. And so at the very least, if you're not sold on Josh McDaniel's as a head coach, then, then at least take some comfort in the fact that he is the front runner. If he gets this job, he knows coaching talent. And I've made this point before, but you, all you need for evidence is to watch that game and watch that defense with, with not really a lot of talent. I mean, can you name the starting corners for, for Indianapolis? I mean, I just gave you one, but the rest of that secondary isn't full of, of A-plus players. They don't have a field-tilting pass rusher. They don't even have like a really good one. They don't have blue chip players. And I understand that that it can be difficult at times to just listen to me try and make the case for something, especially when when you're dubious, particularly of McDaniels, whether or not it's his personality or whatever it is. But to see on the field the fruits of the labor of one of these coaches, I think that's pretty compelling evidence. Now, speaking of coaches who can make a compelling case, there have been some Packer fans who, who have been um, disappointed that in the Packers coaching search, I think they've done, you know, a very thorough job with with the candidates and and finding different kinds of candidates or at least candidates with different kinds of backgrounds, even if most of them fall into one of two buckets. But there have been some questions about why Eric Bieniemy, I think I got that right, has not been a bigger part of their search and has not been a bigger part of a lot of team's searches, given where he is in Kansas City as the offensive coordinator, given what that offense has done. And I went back and did a little bit more digging, and I had I had not realized the depth of some of the issues that he's had away from coaching over the course of his coaching career. Uh, multiple assault, assault charges, going back to the time when he was a, a college player. There was an issue with a parking attendant on campus. Uh, there was a, he has a DUI, and then there was, as a coach, a, a scandal uh, where, you know, his his team had been procuring ladies of the night for recruits. So there are, there are some red flags, and I don't, I don't necessarily want to call them character red flags, because I don't know his character, but you, you have to look at a pattern. When there's this many things, there is a pattern of poor decision making. And I think that that whether or not that that is over 
it has to be a question. I mean, some of this stuff is 20 years old, but at the same time, those are those are things that can linger. And and NFL teams don't need a reason when it comes to risk taking to not take a risk because they will go the conservative route most of the time. And there are other quality candidates out there. So I, I, for those wondering, I, I think this absolutely has played into it. I, I have heard um, that that has been the case around the league to some degree. And, and I, I can't speak for what's going on with the Packers search, but that he wouldn't be on it at all. I think I, I think that that certainly plays some sort of factor in, in what's happening here with the Packers coaching search. And then there is the, the issue of this one new name that has been added to the search, and that is Todd Monken, the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this was a name that had come up a couple times uh, in conversations that I'd had with with media friends and uh, about who the next coach could be or if Todd Monken might be available as offensive coordinator in the offseason. But the Buccaneers offense was really good last year, and that's with Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and Jameis Winston playing pretty inconsistent football in, in a lot of games, being benched and going back and forth on the quarterbacks and all of that. And yet Mike Evans finishes... With among the most yards in the league, they have one of the, the best third down offenses in football, one of the best per play offenses in football. And Todd Monken, unlike a lot of the guys on this coaching search with that offensive prowess, the Matt LaFleur, you know, someone like Matt LaFleur, Todd Monken has head coaching experience. In fact, he was a head coach at Southern Miss. And so he has the experience of being a college head coach. It's not the same as being an NFL head coach. But having head coaching experience does matter, I think, in in some ways. And and you can't say, well, being a college head coach is different than being an NFL coach. That is true. But it is also the case that he has now been an NFL coordinator who's had success. He's coached NFL players and had success. So when you're when you're trying to figure out, okay, where 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 is the congruent skill set, you say, okay, well, he's been a head coach. He has, he checks that box. And he's had NFL success as an offensive mind. I think at the very least, it behooved the Packers to have a conversation with someone like Monk and, and, and get a feel. Hey, what would you do? How would you come in and handle Aaron Rodgers? And that is a part of this process that I, that I think is underrated with the general public because those sorts of ideas, the, the, that, sh- that can shape what a coaching search looks like. In fact, when you think about any hiring process, if you've ever gone through a hiring process or you've ever been on the other side where you're actually hiring someone, what can happen? is as you talk to candidates, over the course of your search, you start to realize the job is not exactly what you thought it was, and maybe we need to look for candidates who have these traits. And maybe the team needs to grow and evolve in these ways. If, if something is continually coming up in conversation is this needs to be fixed, then maybe that is something that becomes even more pressing as a need for the Packers. There is a learning experience that can take place over the course of this coaching search that is is a hidden benefit in doing the search to begin with. And so to, to have such an exhaustive search where you're going to talk to all different kinds of, of coaching candidates, that has its own benefits when it comes to the organization being able to ferret out what is and isn't important in the position, but then also in shaping this team moving forward. Because in those interviews, there are going to be discussions about how would you coach this team and what do you think we're missing and and how would you handle 
you know, X, Y, Z situation? How would you handle your relationship with Rodgers? How would you handle communication offensive and defensively? And there may be ideas that come up that become best practices. There may be ideas that come up multiple times and you go, oh, I don't like those or I do like those. And they become a part of your organizational structure. That is not you know, the best reason to have a coaching search. Obviously, Green Bay is is trying to find the best coach for them, but they could, there is going to be these hidden benefits. And I think talking to someone like Todd Monken, who approaches the game very differently than a lot of NFL coaches, gives them a, a little bit of insight into what this team could look like if it were coached in this particular way. And given the way that Aaron Rodgers wants to sling the ball down the field, and clearly that was something that he wanted to do this season, a coach like Monken has to be intriguing, at least at least from a conceptual and schematic standpoint, and being able to implement these ideas in a way that, that consistently makes sense, because Tampa was able to do that and create big plays on a consistent basis in a way that Green Bay wasn't. So I think that that is an interesting conversation to be having, even if I don't think that Monken is a legitimate tier A candidate. He isn't, based on what we know at this point. But it still, I think, behooved the Packers to make that call. And speaking of making a call, the NFL playoffs are here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Don't be that guy with no rooting interest as your relatives or friends sit around and watch the games. Not this year, when the 53rd Super Bowl is around the corner. It really is the most wonderful time of the year. Maybe, maybe just below Christmas, just above, depending on, on you, depending on your personality. Make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service, and they offer the craziest props. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money during bowl season, you got to go to MyBookie. I trust them, and you don't have to just take my word for it. Check them out for yourself. Join now and MyBookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus and make sure you have a nice bankroll for bowl season. Use promo code LOCKEDON25 when you deposit to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON25. At MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. So I mentioned this Pat McAfee podcast in the open, and it was really fascinating to listen to. One of one of uh, the listeners to this show sent it to me, and and I went and listened to it. It's really, it was really a fun time. Uh, I was not super familiar with that show. I was I'm familiar with with McAfee and and his you know for the brand stuff, and I've I've listened to him in interviews and and on things before, but it was fun to listen to him talk about going to Green Bay. And all of the stuff around Ashwabanon, which he couldn't pronounce, and going to the Oneida Casino. And what was really fascinating was his conversation with Aaron Rodgers in the pre-production meeting. Because he was incredibly impressed with Rodgers, with his recall, with his intelligence. Um, I mean, called Rodgers a genius and, and charismatic and really, really sang his praises. But there were a couple news items that came out of this, and, and I think... You know, for our purposes, there are two big ones that we have to discuss. And one is that Rodgers told McAfee, and this is the first I've heard of this, that the Packers, when Rodgers got hurt initially against the Bears in week one, there are tests that you can perform on the field. And to a pretty high degree of certainty, a team doctor can tell if a player has a torn ACL. There is a test uh, basically, they can check if the if the ligament is intact, 
and if they by by trying to see if they can feel the bottom of it, is it connected? And because Roger's knee swelled so quickly, they couldn't find it. They couldn't find the connecting ligament, and so they thought he had torn his ACL. And so they went back to the locker room to get an MRI to confirm a torn ACL, believing Rogers, the the trainers, the team, believing he'd torn his ACL and that his season was over. And he goes back. They they find no torn ACL. Rogers goes out, starts warming up. And, you know, the way that the story has been told is that, you know, he asks the trainer how much we're down and says, okay, well, I think we can do something special. Just let me get in the game. And he does, calls his shot. Obviously, we know what happened from there. But but McAfee also reiterated, and this is tangential to this point, that that Rodgers was was hurt and has been hurt all season and been, been, he said, seriously hurt. So even though it wasn't a torn ACL, it's possible that the MCL was not the only thing he was dealing with. We, we knew about the soft tissue injury that Rodgers had. Um, but it, it sounds like, you know, Mike McCarthy said it over the course of the season that what Rodgers is dealing with is serious. Don't be surprised if in a month or two it comes out that Rodgers has, you know, surgery on something that we didn't know was hurt or that there was an injury that comes out that we didn't know. Or, you know, maybe it won't ever come out because Rodgers doesn't want it to. But, you know, I, I think we have to take that into account. The other interesting nugget here. And I think this part is particularly important for our purposes over the next few weeks. McAfee asked Rodgers about what it's been like in a post-Mike McCarthy world. And and Rodgers was candid and said, look, uh, you know, we really like Joe Philbin. And, you know, we're, we're trying to win every week for him. And I'm playing this week. And I'm trying to be a leader and all of that good stuff that we've talked about. But what he also mentioned was a need for accountability. And this, I think, jibes with what we've seen in the coaching candidate list. We talked about this a little last week, but to have Rogers say it outright, I think, fully confirms what we had suspected, and that was the Packers understand that organizationally they had become complacent, and specifically, I think, Mike McCarthy um, bears the brunt of that criticism. And I'll explain that further by way of an example. I watched on Sunday a couple times. The Bears' defense was on the field. And Matt Nagy is over on the bench talking to Mitch Trubisky and the quarterbacks and and you know potentially some skilled players I couldn't really see. It was a, a tighter shot. Mike McCarthy doesn't do that very often anymore. He's not in communication with Aaron Rodgers, in part because he's on the headset, he's listening to the defensive calls, he's involved with the special teams. He's doing what a head coach is supposed to do in some ways. But when you are doing that, you're not communicating with your quarterback consistently over the course of a game. There is no accountability for Aaron Rodgers. There is no communication. And and there have been multiple stories written about how, you know, the backup quarterbacks have had to relay information back and forth and, and try and, you know, serve as a translator for for Rodgers on the sideline when Mike McCarthy goes, "Oh, why did he, you know what was that play call? What was what was not run?" And there was that that story that came out from Mercedes Lewis from the Bills game where they were in 4-minute offense and McCarthy calls the play, Rodgers doesn't like it, so he he just improvises it. Has a call and throws a 40-yard bomb, completes it to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Mercedes Lewis is like, "I've never seen anything like that." 
Well, those kinds of plays happen because you're not communicating with your coach and your quarterback. They're not on the same page. And after the play, you have a conversation with him. What did you see? What are you looking at? Well, McCarthy, it didn't seem anyway that they were communicating during the games. And so how are you supposed to make in-game adjustments? How are you supposed to get better? How are you supposed to work together to achieve this end if your coach is not available to you? So I think the accountability is a two-way street there. Rodgers needs to be held accountable. He knows he needs to be held accountable. But the coach, there needs to be some two-way street accountability there. Well, what's with the play call? What's going on? And, and you need to have everyone on the same page. Sometimes just organization is its own form of accountability, making sure everyone is pulling the rope in the same direction. I've used that metaphor over and over and over this season because it just doesn't seem like that's been happening. And so for the Packers, when they, when they go out and they're looking for these candidates, they have to find a coach that can come in and be communicative. And that's why I think someone like an offensive coordinator, someone like Josh McDaniels, who is calling plays and is on the sidelines constantly having conversations with Tom Brady, who thrives off that sort of conversation. And those two guys, I think, push each other a little bit. And yes, sometimes they can get heated at one another, but it's all for the greater good of the team. It's all in a search for a competitive advantage. They both want to win. And Rodgers is like that. And I'm not saying McDaniels is the number one coaching candidate to come in and bring that accountability. But I, I do think there's a case to be made that that communication, at the very least, to come in and if he's going to call plays, hire a defensive coordinator who you can trust on defense. And if you need to be involved in discussions, you can be. But then if you need to be communicating with your sideline, with your offensive line people, with your skill position players, with your quarterbacks, whoever it is, you can trust your, your defensive coordinator to do it. You don't need to be at the sidelines at all times. And you can you can go with these conversations on, on the sidelines to make the adjustments that you need to make and not just trust that everyone knows what's going on because clearly everyone doesn't know what's going on at all times. And that's just something that cannot happen if you're trying to be a Super Bowl team. And I think Aaron Rodgers has made it clear over and over his desire to be coached. And so don't be afraid to bring someone in that's going to push him because he wants to be pushed. I used this analogy on Twitter the other day. He is like a gifted student in class who's bored when the material doesn't challenge him and when he's not engaged and when he's not stimulated. He admitted on TV to Josh Rosen that he gets bored in practice. He needs a coach that can engage him on, an, on a level that stimulates him intellectually. And that just wasn't Mike McCarthy anymore. And that's why I think even with these guys that are going to come in and set a culture, if you start coaching your quarterback hard, that has a trickle-down effect. Greg Popovich always talks about the importance of being able to coach Tim Duncan and how that set the tone for everyone. Bill Walsh was famously tougher on Joe Montana than everybody else in that locker room, often refusing to say his name. As if to say, you're not any different than anyone else on this team. And I don't think Rodgers would have a problem with that. If it's someone that he thinks is on his level from a football IQ standpoint. Which is why this is a this is a, a thorough search for the Packers. Because they need to find that guy who can walk that 
balance. Rodgers has to get healthy. Rodgers has to be willing to work in a new system. Josh McDaniels does not run the same bones of the Packers offense, although the, the run game is very similar, but the verbiage is all new. There'd be some some new route concepts, some new passing game stuff. That would be a stimulation for him. That would be a new challenge. And I think that's why more and more, you know, we're heading down this way where it looks like Josh McDaniels, if he wants the job, is going to be the next coach. And I have repeated it, and I'm, I'm sure you're sick of hearing it, and I'm sorry, but we are a daily show, so I have to bring these things up a lot, um, is that he is the right coach for this opportunity, the right coach in this moment for what the Packers need. And it's looking more and more, based on all the information that we have, like he is going to be the next coach of the Green Bay Packers. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow to get you caught up on anything you missed over the last 24, 48 hours, anything we missed over the weekend. Talk more about what's going on. There's going to be stuff that happens on Monday, coaching talk and and everything that's going on around the league. Uh, I I think the the four-show format is going to work out better for us because there's just... There really is so much to discuss. I mean, we could have spent you know a whole segment on the Mercedes Lewis discussion with Martellus Bennett and, and how Packer fans reacted to that. Uh, they don't like it when, when Martellus Bennett says anything about anything that happened in Green Bay while he was there. But the, the Packers are the center of the offseason universe in a lot of ways because they are the big fish. If they get Josh McDaniels, uh, they are they are right back in the mix in the NFC that looks wide open. I mean, Nick Foles just beat the Bears on the road. Uh, the Seahawks took the Cowboys to the brink. A lot of people thought the Seahawks were going to win that game outright. I was one of those people. But it shows you that the margin is pretty thin between the teams that are really good and the teams that are not so good, in part because I'm not sure anyone is really, really good. So... You know, Green Bay has some some important decisions to make this offseason, a, a ton of, of potential in the draft and free agency, and those are discussions we get to have uh, when that stuff comes around. But until then, uh, we will continue to focus on the coaching carousel and the news around this team. There seems to be more news uh, every day, so we'll get to that. We'll get, we'll get you some more offseason interviews because I'm sure you're sick of hearing my voice, so we'll get a lot more of that as we move through the offseason. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whatever it is. And if you have a smart speaker, tell it to play Locked on Packers. It's so easy. Alexa, play Locked on Packers. Okay, Google, play Locked on Packers. We're there for you every single day. And if you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 and let me know how you are staying locked on Packers.